Hello and welcome to the 24th ever episode of Avoidance Issues. I'm your host, comedian Adam Grabowski. And on this podcast, we use two mantras. One is say it anyway. And the second one is first thought, best thought. Say it anyway is in reference to my mental health campaign, where I'm trying to get everyone to speak about the difficult aspects of human life and psychology that can be very revealing and very sensitive and very vulnerable. Uh, First thought, best thought is the idea that I'm not allowed to plan this that much. Originally, I was supposed to record all of these episodes when I first woke up, and I have somehow avoided doing that. So good, good points for me. Points for me for finding something to avoid. I'm avoiding the avoidance issues. Awesome. That's par for the course, and that's pretty good branding. Good for me. Today, I want to talk about exploitation. When I'm talking about exploitation, I am meaning when communities, society, businesses, people use other people and their situations and needs for their own gain. I like the fact that we trade stuff for other stuff. You know, money can be used to purchase other goods and services, and we all can trade that amongst each other so that we all don't have to do everything ourselves. That's a good thing. I think that that's helpful. The problem with a lot of this is those who have less money are more easily exploited. They're exploited for their time, their effort, their energy, whatever it is you could get from them. I mean, I'm thinking about how everyone's in lockdown and a lot of people are unemployed and a lot of people don't have money and just what some people end up doing in order to get money. But see, exploitation doesn't just happen with money. Okay, we know that people use other communities that don't have as much money to manufacture clothing for cheap or for labor that is dangerous or involves chemicals that are cancerous. I'm also talking about exploitation of people's goodwill, their faith, their love, and their relationships. This episode is because I have a friend who is one of the most pure human beings out there. They cannot lie, which is very funny. Uh, It's pretty much like the movie Liar, Liar, They would not really even be able to look at me holding a blue pen and say the pen is red. They wouldn't be able to do it. But this person throughout their entire life has been used for other people to feel good. So if it was their parents who relied way too much on them, right? A narcissistic mother who would withhold love all the time so that uh, her daughter would jump through hoops, you know, or that they would put way too much information or stress on or require too many things of and would and would make the person feel as though they always have to be the best, can never lie, and that they need their love and they can't leave them. They didn't really teach my friend how to be independent. They taught the friend to always do what the parent says no matter what, even if it goes against their moral compass and even if it hurts you. And what they gained in that was a daughter who was loyal till death. Someone who would do whatever it was, even if it made them very uncomfortable as a child or if it, it, it harmed them or if it was using their money, whatever it was, she went along with it. Now, they grew up very poor, so there's a lot of situations where she had to 
give up some of the things that she had or not get all of her needs met. These people were more on the emotional abusive side than physical, but my point is they exploited this individual for consistent, constant loyalty and love without returning it in the same way that the child needed. And because of this, it seems as though this has become a pervasive pattern where if she worked for a company or business, they would try to get her to do overtime for free or for not payment and not being given a compass or having your internal moral compass smashed or continually pushed away when you're like, wait, 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 this shouldn't be happening this way. Then you go along with certain things. See, that's where the person wasn't allowed to have boundaries as a kid. They weren't allowed to have boundaries because of the way in which the parents interacted with them, the way in which um, other people in their area or community interacted, and they didn't have as much space so that there wasn't any space of their own. I'm bringing this up because a pattern emerged where it seems to be that people that are users keep finding those that are givers. I've seen this a lot. I'm somebody who can admit now that, yeah, there are, there's been times in my life where I was looking at people and situations as, oh, how can this help my career? How can this help my social situation? And I'm not proud of that, but I have better understanding of it now. And, you know, nobody's hurt in the process. Nobody's exploited in a bad way. But I could even see that dark side of viewing people or interactions or communication or friendship as a stepping stone or as leverage rather than what it really should be and is, which is friendship and support. You know, I, 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 I see it a lot where people get continually put in these positions where they give, 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 and they don't get what they need in return. Part of it is the psychology of the situation. You know, when you're in a pattern and you're used to a pattern being a certain way, you don't expect it to change and neither party expects it to change. An example that's not the same as this situation is like, okay, let's say you have a kid and you want them to do their own laundry, but they never do their laundry and you always do it for them and you never ask them to do it and don't change the dynamic. Chances are the child isn't going to start doing their own laundry, okay? They've grown accustomed to a situation in which it works, the way in which it is done. So what I've seen is there are some people out there that use, use, use other people, either for money or for somewhere to stay, or they use them for their body, or they use them for social status, or they use them for business, or they use them for pleasure, whatever it is. There's a lot of people out there that are like that. Now, I think there, it's a gray area. You can't just look at people and be like, this is a good person. This is a bad person. Of course not. But some people who have faith in others, who weren't taught about boundaries and are always honest, tend to be exploited. You know, I can't tell you the number and huge amount of people that have a lot of money or corporations or businesses that use loopholes that make and modify different policies so that it can benefit them sometimes in a moral in in an immoral way or a way that they're just trying to take morality out of it and call it a business decision 
I'm just bringing this up because I feel bad because this person seems to always fall into situations or relationships or friendships where other people are using for loyalty, for attention, to make themselves feel good about who they are, for entertainment, for companionship, for money, for help, for food, whatever it is. And I know it's on the individual to create boundaries, but if they don't know that and what they've always been seeking is love and they think that they have to continue to do things to be lovable, that's going to lead to a shift in power dynamic. If you think that you have to continually do things, if you're friends with somebody and you feel like you have to keep doing certain things in order for that person to remain friends with you, and those things very much only benefit one side, or they run you ragged, or they run you tired, or they run you through all your money, that's a one-sided relationship. There's a power dynamic going on there. I mean, I could even think about when, uh, you know, I, I just, I want relationships either with a partner or friends or business to be mutually beneficial, but also the people that are involved in it feel like they can be a part of it and they can choose to leave if they want to. That's a big part of it. And I see a lot of people that are really good at heart that don't see the manipulations that other people do and they end up getting exploited. Some people call it naivety, but it's also learned behavior. You know, there's a lot of times where they listen to their parent or to someone nearby or a neighbor or a babysitter that was telling them something that wasn't good or healthy for them. And they had to go along with it for fear of punishment, for fear of thinking that they're a bad person. And I just wonder how much everyone is aware of. You know, are we, are we a society where we are rewarding the users because then they get more? They get more status, they get more money, they get more out of people. I just I just know that there's a lot of good people out there that give and give and give and give and don't get what they deserve in return. And a lot of times it's because when a dynamic is continued one way, they don't the other people don't think to shift it, but also a lot of the people that find them are people that are looking to find people that don't know their worth. So what I could really hope that I can share with everyone and what you guys should understand yourselves is that we are all worth something and we have a lot. We have a lot to give. Our time, energy, effort, loyalty, and love are valuable. They're extremely valuable. And don't let people take that from you for nothing. I'm not saying exchange it in return. I'm saying do your best to recognize that you are already lovable and you don't have to continually prove it to other people. I'm not even in the category of people that don't think that they're lovable. I often think maybe I don't have purpose or I might think I don't, I'm not good enough in terms of career or things I've tried to do or I'm not doing enough, but that's different. I don't, I'm, I'm lucky in the sense that I don't have this deep down feeling that I'm not lovable. But if you can continue to make people or someone feel not good enough or not lovable, you're going to get them to do things for you. You're going to be able to create a hierarchy, a class system, a caste system. You're going to be able to get labor out of them. You're going to be able to get energy effort. And I don't like that. 
if there's anybody you know that's a give, 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 giver, maybe reach out to them and thank them for the things you've seen them do or for who they are and remind them that they are good enough. You know, the conversation I have with this friend often is that they say that they're broken. And I try to explain to them that they may not be broken. There's different parts of them that they want to experience differently. But they feel broken because they don't feel that they're loved. And I think a lot of that is how we've been treated as children and throughout life. So my advice here today is just this. If you care this much, if you try this hard, if you know that you are somebody who's empathetic, then you are good enough. You are. You already are. Because it shows, really, as humans, the only thing we really need to be good enough is that we are caring and alive. That should be the basis we should teach every child is like, hey, you're alive, therefore you are valuable, you have value. But the more we make people feel like they don't have value, the easier we can get stuff from them. The more we can keep them down, the more we can exploit them. And I mean this not just with children, I mean this in terms of inter, um, international, you know, the more we can try to call something a third world country and then devalue the individuals who live there, the more in which we can understand and try to justify why we're a first world country and why we have a lot of different safeties and novelties and comforts in our homes that other people may have labored over or that would have been the fruits of it. I got to take a look into this, but I believe it was something with Chiquita and um, the different uh, fruit fields in Guatemala where the uh, companies bought parts of another country or the fields of them and then the people and the workers there are then at the whim of the company who's trying to produce things as cheap as possible so that they can sell more and make a larger profit here in the united states i really have to look into that to make sure because um i'm, I'm a little hazy on the on the details point being it should be of the people that are there but you could get people to work for cheap because that's the only work in town. This is why I want things like a higher minimum wage or a universal basic income or for us to help with income inequality. But there's a lot of people that don't want that because how are you going to get people to do cheap labor? I mean, a lot of the things that the Republicans are mad about right now and they're very worried about is like, well, if people are getting more money for being unemployed, why would they ever work? And you're like, you're right. Why would they ever work for under a reasonable or livable wage? Good point. So maybe we should increase that wage. I don't know. I just, I just know that so many people do so much for others and give up so much that in an effort to stay afloat monetarily or in order to maintain a relationship if you think that your relationship or your friendship is extremely one-sided that's not because you are worth less than the other person that's not because you're just on earth to give 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 and never receive any sort of reciprocation or love that is exploitation and we need to call it out when we see it 
you know, I'm not the most fun person to be around a lot of times when I'm aware of the the dynamic at play when it comes to some of the things that we have that are very nice about our first world country. So I understand why sometimes uh, <laughs> I'm in a conversation with people and they're, they're like, I thought you were supposed to be a comedian. And now I just feel sad about how recycling doesn't exist and how much waste I produce on a given day. And I'm like, yeah, that, yep, you should be aware of that. You definitely should. But we can also joke around and then order all these things we're going to use one-time use plastics with. Awesome. I just, I, I'm, I'm really uh, saddened by the fact that I can't, I can't, you can't yell an explanation into a person. You know, as much as you want to say to someone, hey, I wish you could see you as we see you or as the world sees you as valuable and lovable and capable. I wish you could just yell that at someone until they understand. They have to feel it themselves. And I, I have a hard time not wanting to fix or thinking that I do have an influence or control over how other people feel, but I, I don't. You know, I don't. I think deep down that's what I would really like, you know? If, if my superpower or ability was something, it would be like the ability to help people with their feelings or emotions at different times. That would be pretty cool. You could just instantly snap your fingers and someone would realize that they're worthwhile or snap your fingers and you could help with a chemical imbalance that they're dealing with. Oh, that would be interesting. There is a lot to the science behind this. You know, I don't do, I do some healthy lifestyle things. I eat healthy. I try to do certain things. Okay. In terms of exercise and whatnot, there's a lot that I do that's unhealthy. You know, the amount that I participate or look at social media how I find myself hunched over my phone, not working on keeping my chin up or my back straight or stretching enough before exercise. These are all things I need to work on. And that's what I think I've learned the most about this time period right now is that everything and everyone is a work in progress and nothing is ever complete. So if you complete little steps along the way, then you're doing it. And if you're somebody who thinks you're unlovable, you're probably already lovable because you worry about that. I mean, truly, if somebody is unlovable, it probably is somebody who is extremely narcissistic and exploiting of other people. You know, someone who is ruthless and cutting, and mean, and not caring. But I don't know if that person is going to think or worry about if they're lovable. I think that narcissism takes over, and it's like, no, I'm worthwhile. I am going to get the things I need. I deserve blank, and I'm going to get blank, and as much blank as possible. So if you're somebody who's worrying, I think by definition already means you are good. Okay, I'm going to leave it at that. I just want everyone out there to take a deep breath in, hold it for, try to breathe in for four seconds, hold it for seven seconds, and let it out for eight seconds. So try to really slow down the breath and be still if you can. This is coming from someone who's not very still often. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to Avoidance Issues. I've been M. Grabowski, and I will talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.